Who are the ideal playoff opponents for the Baltimore Ravens as they embark on their 2023 playoff journey? All that and more coming up next on this episode of Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens or Daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker, Ravens Wire, here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, as always, for being here and making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day, where free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes in video form on YouTube and in audio form wherever you get your podcast. We are, again, that five-day week Ravens content for you Monday through Friday. So news, analysis, updates. You can subscribe wherever you get your shows. Again, video form, audio form, same show either way. Today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. This is the start of the 2023-2024 playoffs. Week 18 officially in the books. Baltimore loses to Pittsburgh by the final score of 17-10, to but as we know, that game really didn't matter. The Ravens already locked into the one seed. They rest their starters. There was nothing to worry about. That was a stress-free game, and now we have a stress-free week ahead of us. We talk about this Ravens team. They have a bye, so they will be awaiting their divisional round opponent. But the playoff field is set, both in the AFC and in the NFC. We're, we're going to be going through a bunch today when it comes to the Ravens and who their ideal playoff opponents are. There's a lot to take into account in terms of offense, defense, some metrics that go into it too. So we're going to start off in the first segment with the three division winners. So obviously the Ravens were the North winner. We're not going to talk about that. But in the South, the East, and the West, we'll talk about those guys. And then in the second segment, we'll talk about the three wild card teams. And also in the final part of the show, we'll get into a few Ravens and Steelers notes. Again, the game didn't really mean much of anything. But there were some players who played well that I want to take note of for the playoffs, and they could be contributors as depth pieces here. So it's exciting, right? This is what you work for. The Ravens went 13-4 and four in the regular season. Doesn't matter. No, none of that matters starting today. So we're going to be talking about, again, let, let's start with, well, we'll just go 2-3-4. The Buffalo Bills took care of the Miami Dolphins last night. That was a game that had AFC East implications. Buffalo takes over the two-seed. A crazy comeback for them, a wild fall for Miami. Now, not the craziest fall we saw. I think the Jaguars was a little worse, but the Ravens will not see the Buffalo Bills if those two teams match up. Both the Bills and the Chiefs, who are number three, they cannot see those two teams until the AFC Championship game. The reason for that is because Baltimore will play the lowest remaining seeded team in the divisional round. So that's either four, five, six, or seven. It mathematically cannot be two or three. That, to me, I think is fine for the Ravens. Buffalo, I think, kind of found their stride late, but there are still some flaws within that team here. And when you kind of look at what they're doing from a statistical perspective, I think they they made the right move by firing Ken Dorsey early in the, well, kind of like middle of the season, put in Joe Brady there. Now, their offense has been pretty high-octane for the most part this season. They're the fourth-best passing team in the league and the ninth-best rushing team in the league. But their run defense has been horrendous all season. If you look at what Baltimore has done on the ground, 
this team has been the second best rushing offense in the league. I think if you put those two things together and you win on the early downs, you can have a good time against the Buffalo defense. Now, Buffalo's past defense has been top 10 this year. They're sixth. So Buffalo's a really good team. Now, the thing is, they've had some really bad losses this year. That week one loss to the Jets, that was really bad. They lost to Jacksonville and the Patriots and the Broncos. And so they've had some bad losses, but they did end the year after their bye on a five-game win streak. So credit to them. They were able to get the job done. Their, their only loss, actually, past week 11 was to the Eagles. And again, <laughs> Eagles aren't looking too hot right now. So how big of a loss that is, I don't know. But I still think Josh Allen, look, he's a great quarterback. He's one of the best in the league but he's so turnover prone and still and so mistake prone. I think that Mike McDonald can take advantage of that and maybe bait Josh Allen into a couple of really big throws. Their run game also, despite them being ninth in the league with James Cook and Leonard Fournette, I, I just don't think it's super high octane. Plus they struggle to score sometimes near the goal line and Josh Allen's one of the best goal. And what I mean by that is with the running backs, Josh Allen is one of the best goal line players in the league. But if it's not Josh Allen, James Cook struggles down there. They really have to rely on Leonard Fournette. And that, to me, is not a situation where I would really want to rely on a guy like Leonard Fournette. So I think, to me, the game plan there is to take away Stephon Diggs and, and you just try to say, hey, Gabe Davis, go beat us. Hey, Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, go beat us. Right? That's what I would do in that situation. And then kind of attack the Bills and hold the ball a little bit. But the Ravens can also be efficient there. So Buffalo, I think, is one of the Ravens' biz, biggest competitors in the AFC, but they're not the team that scares me the most. We'll talk about who that is actually in the second part of the show. But no team, honestly, super like no team scares me. I still think this is Baltimore's conference, but Buffalo to me is not not an ideal playoff opponent. It's not the team I would handpick out of everybody to play here. Then you, then let's move on to Kansas City. This is a game that if it were to happen, the one seed versus the three seed, Kansas City just doesn't look good. They, they just don't look like the Kansas City Chiefs of old. Kansas City this year, from a stats perspective, the 11th best passing offense, the 12th best rushing offense. They're really good against the pass defensively. That, it's weird. The Chiefs have kind of shifted their identity, it seems like, where their defense has kind of been the calling card for them this season. Steve Spagnolo and that defense has been really, really good. They're the third best pass defense in the league. But against the run, again, they're 25th. Again, it's kind of the same thing, but Patrick Mahomes has looked, I mean, I don't want to say human, I don't want to jinx anything here, but he hasn't looked like the Patrick Mahomes of old. But I think the big thing with Kansas City has been the storyline all season is they just have no receivers. I mean, Rasheed Rice has been pretty solid for them. I think that's their number one. In fact, it is. They, they really don't have anybody else. But Kadarius Tony has been horrendous for them. Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been awful. I mean, guys like Sky Moore haven't panned out, Justin Watson and... Justin Ross has barely played. I mean, the Chiefs do not have receivers. And the only guy who, you know, their, their top weapon in Travis Kelsey, he really looks to have slowed down. I mean, attribute it to Taylor Swift if you want to. But he just, I don't think he plays past this season or next year. I, th I think probably I'd cap it at next year. So I think he's probably retiring after next year. I just, Kansas City is not the team. And plus, they would have to come to Baltimore. This is not a situation where they would have to go to Arrowhead, Baltimore, or anything like that. I just think that Lamar Jackson can take advantage of that Chiefs defense. The offensive line has been playing really well this season, or at least in the second part of the year. I mean, Tyler Linderbaum, Kevin Zeitler, John Simpson against Chris Jones. I mean, that's always going to be a challenge. Chris Jones is one of the best players in this league. But to me, George Karloftis has played really well. I mean, he has 10 and a half sacks, or he had 10 and a half sacks 
for that team this season. Chris Jones, second on the team in nine with nine and a half. But they've had people step up all across that defense. Nick Bolton and Willie Gay make a pretty good plus. Drew Tranquil in there. Legereus Sneed, Chet McDuffie, Justin Reed. Their defense actually has some playmakers on it. So that defense, I think, is a little underrated. But they're still not the unit I think can stop Baltimore. I'd, I'd be okay with the Ravens playing Kansas City. But again, not the opponent I necessarily hand pick here. Like out of all the division winners, you have to think about Houston as the team that you would want to play if you're the Ravens. And, and that's for a couple of reasons. Now, the Houston team that Baltimore beat 25 to 9 in week one is not the same Houston team that the Ravens would see if the Texans were to win against the Browns here in the wild card round. See, that was CJ Stroud's first ever NFL start, D'Amico Ryan's first ever game as an NFL head coach. There were bound to be some things that were, you know, just rookie jitters and, and things like that. It's not the same team. Now, they don't have Tank Dell for the rest of the way here. That's a huge loss for them. But they are ninth in passing yards this year. Well, not yards, in net yards per attempt. But their run offense has not been great. They're 28th in the league with 3.7. Now, Damian Pierce kind of fizzled out for them. Devin Singletary has been running a lot better for them. But their pass defense is 26th in the league. But their run defense, they have the second best run defense in the league this season. So to me, I think you can exploit that secondary, right? Zay Flowers, Otto Beckham, Rashad Bateman. You have a lot of different areas there where you can do that. But CJ Stroud is a baller. He has shown that. Again, Singletary has looked a lot better than Damian Pierce. I mean, Pierce had 145 carries, averaged 2.9 yards per carry. So that has a lot to do with it. Devin Singletary, on the contrary, is averaging 4.2 yards per attempt. Nico Collins is their big receiver now. You know, they also have guys like Robert Woods and Noah Brown. But to me, I think, again, Nico Collins is the guy you got to worry about defensively. They've had guys step up, and they've kind of claimed guys. Jonathan Grenard, 12 and a half sacks. He's been a menace for them. Sheldon Rankins on the interior has been good. They claimed Derek Barnett, so he he's somebody who can contribute for them. Jerry Hughes has been there. They actually have former Raven old friend DeAndre Houston Carson on that defense now. So if there were if there was a division winner that I would go and handpick out of this whole thing for the Ravens, I think it'd just be Houston's an experience, right? We've seen Mahomes do it. We've seen him win Super Bowls. Josh Allen, he's had playoff wins. He beat the Ravens. I'm not saying those two teams are the same that they've been, but I would pick, again, the C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans in experience over the proven options. Not saying the Texans couldn't beat the Ravens. Any team could beat the Ravens, but I just think out of all those ones, a rookie C.J. Stroud, even though he's been amazing, I'm a big C.J. Stroud guy. I think he's going to be you know, probably a top-five quarterback here next two years or so I think that I would probably take the the Texans if I were the Ravens for a divisional opponent but coming up in the second part of the show we'll talk about who the Ravens ideal playoff opponents are we'll continue it plus talk about who the Ravens maybe might want to be a little worried about if anybody so we should have stayed in a lot to talk about here on the show First, this show is sponsored by LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that will take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And for me, I've had a lot of success over on LinkedIn, finding jobs, networking, connecting with people. It's been great. And it's really important also to build a great team. And 
the right hiring tools are critical to do that. LinkedIn is just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals who make it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy. In fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's really important. Also, maybe you want to achieve some goals in 2024. The right team member might be able to help you do that. That's why small businesses are right LinkedIn job. Number one, delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows the small businesses are wearing so many hats. It might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, if LinkedIn, the process is intuitive. Quick and easy. Push your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to push your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still talking with you here. Talking ideal playoff opponents for Baltimore. The playoff field is officially set. We'll, we'll go through the rest of the playoff opponents here before getting into the matchups on Wild Card Weekend. Some I think are actually really, really intriguing. So for Baltimore, we went through those division winners in the South, the East, and the West. But wild card wise, you have two AFC North teams starting off with the Cleveland Browns. And for Cleveland, again, Joe Flacco, old friend at the helm for Baltimore. And to me, I think that with the Ravens and what you're looking at defensively, if there was one defense that I would pick and say, hey, this one maybe gives me the most pause out of anybody, or this one has the best chance to stop the Ravens offense. It might honestly be Cleveland. Miles Garrett, I think, is the best defensive player here in these playoffs. And there, there's a lot that he has done, and he has had success against these Ravens tackles. You got to send multiple guys at him on almost every single play. Now, Cleveland's defense, they're second in the league against the pass and 15th against the run but their defensive line is much improved compared to last year. And I just think that with what the Cleveland Browns have done and, and kind of the streak they've been on, their schedule hasn't necessarily been as impressive to me as maybe other people. Jacksonville was just dumpster fire when they played them in week 14. Then the Bears, I mean, it's not necessarily super impressive. They played the Texans without C.J. Stroud, the Jets, and then they got whooped by the Bengals. They didn't play their starters, but – I don't know. I, I just feel like even though Joe Flacco is playing awesome football, you can't really deny that. I J Joe Flacco is not the thing that scares me. Joe Flacco is super turnover prone. He's been since his days in Baltimore, and it hasn't necessarily changed. He's helped that Browns team. He's elevated that Browns team. But if I were to pick a reason why the Browns would beat the Ravens, it wouldn't be because of Joe Flacco. It would be because of their defense. So I just think the Browns in their run game, again, they're 25th, Right now in rushing offense, 24th in passing offense, Jerome Ford. I mean, I'm a big Jerome Ford guy, but he's not a Nick Chubb. Amari Cooper is a really good receiver. Not going to take that away from him. But I, I feel like Baltimore still matches up well with Cleveland. But I think that out of all these wild card teams, for sure, Cleveland is the one that I would not pick for the Ravens. I would rather pick the next two. That'd be the Miami Dolphins with the sixth seed. And then we'll get to the seventh seed. In a second here, Miami is just beat up in all aspects right now. And what I think for Baltimore, this is a team that I think they can, again, they beat them 56 to 19 a couple weeks ago. I think they can have similar success here to a tongue of Iloa. He, he kind of feeds into what Baltimore likes to do defensively, disguising things to us, a quick read guy, get the ball out and sometimes can struggle against the blitz and against pressure. I think Baltimore can do really good things. Now Miami has the best rushing offense in the league here and the second best passing offense. Now a lot of that is kind of buoyed up by the 70-point game against the Broncos, 
10th defensively against the pass and eighth defensively against the run. But again, just so many injuries. They've lost both of their top pass rushers and maybe honestly their third pass rusher. We'll see what happened with Andrew Van Ginkle, but they're just so, so injured. And even if Jalen Waddle returns or he most returns some of those other guys as well, I, I just don't feel like Miami has it. It feels like they're kind of fizzling out right now. And the cold weather is going to be a factor. I'm not sure they make it past Kansas City. They have to go to Arrowhead and play. So even though Tyree Kill is one of the best receivers in this league here and they have weapons and their offense is super explosive, I just think, look, we, we saw what Baltimore could do. And even though Miami was down a few players, so was Baltimore. Right, Baltimore had a few players out. So we'll kind of see what happens with that. But the ideal, the, the absolute ideal playoff opponent for me has to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh swept Baltimore this season. No secret about that. We uh, definitely heard a lot about it. But to me, at least, Pittsburgh is the team that scares me the least. Mason Rudolph is the quarterback, and I got to give credit to where it's due, right? Mason Rudolph kind of turned that season around for Pittsburgh in the final three weeks, led them to the playoffs. But TJ Watt suffers that knee injury, maybe not as severe as is initially thought. But even if he does come back, let's say the Steelers win, they beat the Bills in Buffalo. There's no guarantee TJ Watt, one, plays in that game, and two, if he's back, there's no guarantee he's not just a decoy or plays very limited snaps. TJ Watt is the most important player on that defense, and to me, the second best defensive player in the playoffs, one being Miles Garrett. So I just think that Pittsburgh, with all their guys playing, versus Baltimore with all their guys playing, that's a win for the Ravens, and I honestly don't really think it's close, right? I, I would not bet on Pittsburgh beating Baltimore three times. It would knock out a team in Buffalo, first of all, that I think is much more of a threat than Pittsburgh. And it just, I think, gives you, even though there are advantages and disadvantages for both teams, if you play a team three times and you see a team after team after team, I, even though Pittsburgh's defense does have depth, TJ Watt's so important there. Steelers run game, even though it's been better over the second half of the season, it is still inconsistent. And George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, those are two really good receivers. Pat Fryer with a good tight end, but I just feel like Baltimore's defensive line can take advantage of Pittsburgh's offensive line, which does have some weaknesses. So if we're talking an ideal playoff opponent, bring me those Pittsburgh Steelers. Bring me those Pittsburgh Steelers. That's who I want. I want to get the revenge if I'm the Ravens too for sweeping. And I know it was circumstantial, but you know what? doesn't matter to me bring me the Pittsburgh Steelers if I'm the Ravens but I think again Baltimore can hang with anybody Baltimore can beat anybody this is the Ravens conference 100% any team can beat them but the Ravens can beat anybody and we'll see how it plays out coming up though we will talk a bit about the Ravens and Steelers game in week 18 again didn't mean anything from a standings perspective a lot of starters didn't play we'll talk about some of the depth pieces that did make an impact and could potentially play a role for the Ravens in the playoffs though stay tuned a lot to get to on the show First, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet is $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And the app is super easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and so much more. So if you bet on that Ravens and Steelers game in week 18, even though there was no Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley did throw for a score. Isaiah likely caught that. So if you bet on that, you could have won big Isaiah likely anytime touchdown. I know the Ravens did not win. So I guess if you bet the Steelers to win, you made a lot of money over on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first better layup. FanDuel is a partner of the NFL. 
We're back. Our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allshaker still talking with you here on this Monday. Playoffs are in full session. Appreciate everybody for tuning in today. We had a bonus episode actually come out yesterday on Sunday. First ever time I did that because we had an episode that was recorded for Friday, but Dalvin Cook ended up signing, so I couldn't use that episode. But I just said it was still a good conversation. So be sure to listen to that. It's on the 2019 team versus 2023 team with Kadri Ismael. So it was an awesome conversation. You can subscribe here on YouTube or in audio form. I really appreciate both the video and the audio community. Audio community built that up, and then the video came, and now it's tied hand-in-hand hand with each other. So if you're an everyday, I appreciate you tuning in every single day. Or if it's your first time in, welcome into the channel. If you're somewhere in the middle, welcome back. I appreciate you tuning back in here as well. Five days a week, Ravens content. We got news, analysis, updates for you. And it's exciting here, so you want to stay locked in on Locked on Ravens for the playoff run as Baltimore looks to add a third Super Bowl to their trophy case. But let's talk about this Ravens and Steelers game a little bit here. Some notes, Baltimore again falls 17 to 10 in week 18. They end their season at 13 and four. Now, a couple of milestones from this game. First of all, the Ravens tied their franchise record in sacks. The 2006 Ravens had 60. The Ravens tied that this year with 60 in this game. Had three sacks total. That's how they got there. Trenton Simpson, who we will talk about in a minute, and for good reason. He had a sack. And then Jadavian Clowney and Kyle Van Noy, a sack each. Jadavian Clowney had a $750,000 incentive. So, Shout out to Jadavian Klein. And he was celebrating. He was happy on that. So excited for him. Van Noy finishes the year with nine sacks. Clowney ties his career high with nine and a half. So 18 and a half sacks for those two guys. Cost the Ravens a combined $3.805 million from a cap hit perspective. Just genius, genius, genius work from Eric DaCosta. Now, Trent Simpson played a heck of a game. Was flying all over the field. Tackle for losses, sacks, great play all around from him. He showed the flashes that people wanted to see because there are some questions about Patrick Queen. Queen played in this game at eight tackles, and he was out there, I think, a lot later than even he, even he anticipated because Delshawn Phillips got injured. And with Roquan Smith not playing league, Harrison already injured with a groin. He was inactive. Queen had to come back in because they had no inside linebackers. And he was definitely still hurting. He was getting up slow but he has some time to rest. But regardless, with their questions surrounding Patrick Queen for Baltimore, I think Trent Simpson showed some nice flashes. Now, does that mean he's going to be Patrick Queen? No. Doesn't mean Patrick Queen's leaving Baltimore? No. But in the event that something like that happens, I think he gave a lot of Ravens fans confidence. And he's been making plays on special teams now. He, he kind of pops every couple of weeks here and there. He's made plays during the season. I think in the playoffs, that's going to be really, really huge as well. Other guys who played big snaps in this, Marcus Williams played, I think, almost the entire game in this one. Geno Stone, he got injured alongside Delshawn Phillips. We don't know any of the injuries, so we're kind of going to have to wait on John Harbaugh. But John Harbaugh did say that they're going to be practicing, I believe, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So that's a little bit different than what they did back in 2019. So it shows that they're going to be doing things a little bit differently, and I think that is honestly a very good thing considering – how 2019 went. Michael Pierce also, side note here, signed a two-year, $7.5 million contract extension with the Ravens. Unbelievable value. He was someone who I was worried about the Ravens losing, or honestly, he was kind of hinting at retirement that this would be that you know this contract is on right now would be the last contract. And he he's been so good, so underrated for them. And I'm really excited there. But I think I forget whether it was Spo Track or over the cap, but one site had him valued at eight million just on this year alone, just for one year. 
really great value for Baltimore. And I think his bonus is actually going to be on this year's cap as opposed to next year's because of it happening before the season ended, if I'm not mistaken. So shrewd again by Eric DaCosta. But in this one, I think some of the stories, I mean, if you want to look at them, it, again, the Ravens didn't have Lamar, didn't have any Kyle Hamilton, Roquan, any of those Zay Flowers, Otto Beckham, right? But in the red zone, Baltimore went 0 for 1. Pittsburgh went 1 for 2. I mean, again, you can't you can't really take away a lot from this game because, again, the Ravens, they were playing Tyler Huntley. Not a lot of the Ravens starters were playing. I mean, Pittsburgh, they looked good when they needed to. I mean, they also didn't look great in other spots. I mean, the fact that this was a seven-point game and the Ravens without Lamar and all those guys, I, uh, I'm i not really sure what that means if the Ravens were to see Pittsburgh again. It was a very weird game. It was very wet and rainy and sloppy. Eight fumbles between these teams, which is unreal. Six on the Pittsburgh side, two on the Ravens side. Also, side note there, Melvin Gordon lost a fumble. He has the most fumbles since he entered the league in 2015 from non-quarterbacks. He is that guy. So to me, I think that's why you sign a guy like Dalvin Cook. Now, Dalvin has had his fair share of fumbling issues. I'm not saying that Dalvin is just, oh, he's never had a fumble in his career. He also has had issues with fumbling. But Melvin Gordon, I think, is just kind of on another level. Gus Edwards had a fumble his second in two weeks there. Charlie Kohler had a couple nice receptions and then Nelson Aguilar led the team in both receptions and receiving yards five for 39. But again, just wasn't necessary. That wasn't like overly impressive. I think you could definitely tell the Ravens were just trying to get out of this game healthy as they should have been. A couple guys go down to justice. So I think had some sort of a stinger or something like that. So we'll see what his whole situation is. But at the end of the day, this game didn't matter, and honestly, what they did in the regular season, it's awesome, right? They built some momentum up, but now that doesn't matter. We talked about the ideal playoff opponents. I mean, for me, I think it's Miami and Pittsburgh, but no team in the AFC necessarily scares me if I'm the Ravens. The Ravens have proven they're the best team in the NFL with their play, but if they don't bring their A game to the playoffs, another team will hit them in the mouth, much like what happened in 2019, but I do believe they have learned from that mistake and learned from those mistakes. I think that's a really important distinction when you talk about what the past is and what the future could hold for the Ravens. So the playoffs for now set is the Bills playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in that two versus seven game. Then you have the Chiefs and the Dolphins in the three six game and the Texans in the Browns in the four or five games. So I, I think honestly, three really good matchups. I'm excited to kind of just watch football and not have to stress about the Ravens. I'm sure a lot of people listening or watching to this probably relate to that. So stress-free weekend for the Ravens coming up and the Ravens won't know who they're going to play until Sunday in the afternoon. So they're not going to have some early advantage of knowing that they can sit back and watch the games and not have to worry about getting injured because they will be relaxing and doing some scouting of those teams. So I'll have you here today, though, on Lockdown Ravens. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Again, be sure to subscribe, follow along, audio form, video form, the whole nine yards. When we get back here tomorrow, more Ravens content. Stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Lockdown Ravens.